the dog phone will allow your dog to use a phone. And the president of El Salvador has a plan for a Bitcoin city. And a granny has been issued a restraining order from a horse. These are the weird stories for Monday on Weird AF News, the only daily weird news podcast hosted by a comedian. I'm Jonesy, and I'm so glad that you've joined me. I have three segments that are three different strange stories from around the world, as we always do, Monday through Friday. I'm so glad you've joined me. Come on, let's get into it. Introducing the dog phone, a phone that your dog can use. That's right, guys. The dog phone is finally here. You've always wanted your dog to be able to call you when it's lost, correct? This is exactly what it sounds like, a phone for dogs. This phone was developed by Dr. Herzkish Douglas, a researcher at the University of Glasgow in Scotland, and I totally butchered this doctor's name. And I don't care, because I think this doctor is doing stupid shit by inventing a phone for dogs. This is not something we need in the world. Let's find out some more information about it, though. Maybe, maybe it allows the dog to send us Bitcoin. Send your owner Bitcoin. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Ooh, I got some Shiba coin from my dog today. Okay, so this was developed for the doctor's 10-year-old Labrador. The dog phone is comprised of a small ball equipped with a sensor and connected to a laptop. Well, so the dog has to carry around a laptop as well? Oh, no. It, no, it's just connected to the laptop. Okay, so when the dog moves the ball, the phone initiates a video call to the owner's uh, phone, I guess. This is outstanding if you're uh, an idiot. <laughs> Who the hell wants this? Okay, it says here, well, there are a ton of new smartphone and smart home gadgets out there, guys, designed to give humanity more control over their environments an insight into what's going on with their pets while they're home alone, far less attention gets paid to giving the actual animals themselves any agency in how they interact with the technology. Yeah, they don't need to have any agency in how they interact with the technology. It's not up to them. This technology surrounding them usually is to improve their lives and make it easier for us to handle them and easier for us to monitor and keep them safe. That's all we need. We don't, I don't need my dog to call me. I don't have a dog, but I don't need a dog to be calling me, okay? I don't, I don't need any input from my dog, basically. You're a dog, all right? You, you just be there and obey, and that's it. I don't need any feedback from that. <laughs> Apparently, people want this, though. They want their dog to have some input in their lives. My dog needs more control over her life. Oh, she doesn't want to really be a dog. She wants to be a human princess. Seriously, this is, what we're, this is how we're treating our dogs in the States, by the way. Like princes and princesses. My friend's dogs have better health care than I do. This is not okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I like when I, I, you know, if I ever travel, sometimes I'm, I find myself in third world countries and I see how they treat their dogs. Not, not totally third world countries, but semi-third world countries in the way that they treat their dogs. And I think that that's proper. I'm like, the dog knows its place. The dog doesn't run the show. No one's pushing a dog around in a baby stroller in Sri Lanka. <laughs> and I like that. Let me pull myself out of these rants and get into the device and how exactly it works. The doctor says in a YouTube video that she's sought to improve and study the user experience for the dogs 
particularly given how many of them were placed in new homes during the COVID lockdown that saw everyone and their mother getting a pet. Oh, great. So now we got to listen to whether or not our pet is satisfied with its new home. Just be thankful you have a home, Fido. <laughs> hey, I'm a dog lover, but really? I don't need my dog to tell me that, uh, hey, you know, I'm not pleased with the size of this apartment. Uh, if I could get a larger apartment with a yard, maybe, that'd be pretty cool. I was talking to my friend Bruno the other day. You know, I called him on the dog phone. He said he's got a yard, and I don't have a yard. I'm living in this crappy apartment in Los Angeles, so if you could, like, upgrade a little bit. I'd actually like to live in a rural environment. I'm a, I'm a sheep dog, and uh, there's no sheep in Los Angeles, if you haven't noticed. So uh, how about we make a move here, buddy? And uh, the Oscar goes to Jonesy for acting as his fake dog in this segment. Okay, the doctor says, I've been building devices for my dog and many other dogs for quite a while now. I think a lot of these devices are really important to give dogs choices. <laughs> to give dogs choices or options to do things for enrichment reasons. No, man. <laughs> dogs don't need choices, man. Dogs don't... <laughs> Okay, I know. I'm going to get some phone calls on my take on this. And, and I am a dog lover over cats, for sure. But at the, at the base of everything, I just feel like a pet should know its place. I mean, it's, it's bad enough that, you know, the, the children, you can't even yell at a child anymore. Your, your kids have more power than you if you're a parent in the, state, in the States. And now, now your pet has feedback, too? Like, really? This is what we're going to do with this? Okay. Anyways, call the show. I know you hate me. 646-450-2012. It's just one more argument here. We have this great technology. We're making apps for stuff like this. How about an app that lets me know that there's nuts in the food? Can I get one app that lets me know that there's nuts in the damn food? Have you seen these nut allergy apps? They're ridiculous. Basically, most of them are, uh, how do you say nuts in several different languages? Not helpful. I need a scanner that tells me if there's nuts in the food. Okay? Are you listening to me, scientists, technologists, doctors in the world? Help me out here. Don't give a dog a phone. Give Jonesy a chance to live. The president of El Salvador is going to build Bitcoin City. He's building Big Bitcoin City. And he's going to build it near a volcano in a rock concert atmosphere, the president of El Salvador announced that his government will build a seaside Bitcoin city at the base of a volcano. Uh, his name is Naib, and uh, he gathered a group of Bitcoin enthusiasts over the weekend to launch his latest idea. Uh, he did this earlier. He had a Bitcoin conference in Miami to announce that El Salvador would be the first country to make Bitcoin legal tender. Uh, now it says here there's going to be a bond offering that would uh, help finance the construction of this Bitcoin city. And they're going to begin in 60 days. The city will be built near the Conchagua, Conchagua volcano, which will take advantage of geothermal energy to power both the city and the Bitcoin mining. Oh, I see why he's choosing this location near the volcano and by the sea. It's going to really concentrate on the mining part of it as well, I assume. There's a lot of money in this. This guy's a little bit uh, crazy, but also forward-thinking, in my opinion. Uh, this could go horrible, though. This could really go south. <laughs> the 
Uh, and I don't know how the citizens feel about this. Maybe it mentions it in the article. Um, it says here, the government is already running a pilot Bitcoin mining venture at another geothermal, po- geothermal power plant beside the Takapa volcano. The seaside Conchagua volcano sits in southeastern El Salvador on the Gulf of Fonseca. While the volcano has steaming and smoking vents, there are no records of it ever erupting. That's good because you don't want it to melt your Bitcoin mining operation. The government's going to provide land and infrastructure and work to attract some investors. Uh, It says the only tax collected there will be the value-added tax, half of which will pay will be used to pay the municipal bonds and the rest for municipal infrastructure and maintenance. So he's got a big plan for this. I'm looking at a, what I believe is a photo of him. He's got a hat on backwards. He's like a young guy, man. Looks like a hipster, kind of. He looks like he's not really giving a speech at like an important, on a, an important government platform so much as he looks like he's doing like a, a hip TED talk at Burning Man <laughs> by the look of the, <laughs> the photo. The president claims that Bitcoin City is going to have no income or municipal taxes or property taxes and zero carbon dioxide emissions. The city would be built with attracting foreign investment in mind, and there would be residential areas, malls, restaurants, and even a port. Oh, boy. Uh, The president also talked about digital education, technology, sustainable public transportation. They're just trying to attract futurists. And investors, uh, and they're trying to get with the Bitcoin. One of the first countries to really get behind the Bitcoin. I kind of like it. I support the Bitcoin. I don't know how you guys feel about it. But it is a currency, or I would say an asset, that is getting more and more credibility as it's getting adopted by more and more institutions. So it's not going away. And so maybe the smart idea is to get on board early like this and build yourself a giant Bitcoin city, bro. Critics have warned that Bitcoin's lack of transparency could attract increased criminal activity. And yes, there's always going to be a little bit of that. But the the privacy that you get with this currency far out those benefits far outweigh the little bit of criminal activity that you're going to get. Uh, You don't want your digital currency to be on the lines of what China is trying to do, which is to make the government a centralized surveyor of the digital currency and therefore a surveyor of all the transactions that go on there and now everything you buy can be seen you don't want that bitcoin offers an alternative to that it's private i like that it also says uh they're concerned about the digital currency's wild swings in value that will pose a risk to those holding it yes of course but that's that's only what's going on now eventually It'll level off when all the coins have been mined. These wild swings in the currency value will, will taper off. So uh, right now you're going, we're going through that, but that'll go away as well. Okay, well, maybe some of you disagree with the Bitcoin city. I think it's a fun idea. I like, I like novelty. And I like when people, are, people have big dreams and they throw everything on the line to make them happen. And, and they actually do something that you look at and you go, oh my God, this could really fall on its face. I like that. I like that. You have to take risks like that to get anywhere in life, in, in every little part, the micro and the macro. Okay. A grandmother has been issued a restraining order to stop feeding carrots to a very sad horse. A court has imposed a very strict order 
to protect a retired racehorse from the unwanted attentions of a granny who just can't stop feeding it carrots. She can't stop feeding this horse carrots. Why? I'm so curious. In a ruling rarely, if ever, passed by a British court, the horse was afforded some legal protection from overfeeding after prosecutors made the application to the magistrates on behalf of the horse. Margaret Porter is age 67 from North Allerton Road, Leeming Bar. Margaret thought Nelson the chestnut gelding horse was very sad. To her, the horse looked sad. She came to view that perhaps this horse was underfed, so she began giving him carrots despite being explicitly asked to not give the horse carrots by the owner, Suzanne Cook. Suzanne Cook was like, stop feeding my damn horse carrots, lady. I'm curious as to why your horse was so accessible. I mean, don't you keep a horse in a stable or like in your yard or on your property? I mean, why is this stranger able to just walk right up and feed your damn horse? Okay, so what began as a laudable effort in Nelson's interest quickly became a campaign of harassment against him and Mrs. Cook, which saw the police called three times. Mrs. Porter was arrested for feeding the horse last week and faced court for the second time in her entire life. Uh, the previous uh, court appearance was she couldn't stop <laughs> feeding bird seed to a crow on the corner. Um, this crow was noisy. No one liked it. <laughs> All right, guys, listen, I don't have the best improv skills, okay? I'm just doing the best I can here. <laughs> it actually says her first court... <laughs> this is funny. Her first court appearance was 2005. She was convicted of assaulting her brother with three sticks of rhubarb. <laughs> what the hell is that? Oh, man, I should just stick to the story and stop trying to add jokes. The story is funny enough. My jokes are falling on their face. The York magistrates. Oh, yes, the magistrates in York. They heard the dispute over Nelson's carrots. It had become the talk of the village of Scruton. The parish council was asked to intervene in the increasingly bitter feud over this woman and her, her compulsion to feed this horse carrots every day. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Is there nothing going on in this little hamlet? I'm going to call it a hamlet because over in England they got damn hamlets. People sleep on hay. They <laughs> got living in little castles with no electricity over there. Yes. The whole... <laughs> They're just like, it's like a, the Monty Python movie when all the peasants are just making dirt, mud pies. That's what they do all day in some of these towns in, in England. Oh, welcome to the hamlet. Okay. There's a quote from this lady who couldn't stop feeding the horse. She said, I saw him looking. I saw him standing outside his stables and I thought he looked quite sad. I didn't examine the horse, but I, I certainly noticed him. The fields were frozen at the time and there was snow on the ground. I passed six or seven times a day and didn't see his owner with him one time. He looked, he looked thin. I began speaking to people about my concerns in the hope that someone would take it on board and try and get her to look after the horse properly. I was getting quite distressed about the situation with this horse, so I decided to give him a few carrots at the fence. It never occurred to me that anyone else would be bothered about me giving him carrots at the fence. I just didn't want him starving to death, so I just kept giving him carrots, just carrots. He looked like he could use a little, a little treat of some sort. I was just trying to keep him alive, you know. You're insane, lady. You're insane. You're an insane lady with way too much time on your hands to just be feeding a random 
horse, carrots. Well, the owner came over and claimed, she says, I opened the cow window and said, why are you feeding my horse, lady? Do you realize what you're doing? You could poison my horse. You could give my horse colic. You could make my horse ill. Well, that woman, she wouldn't stop. She said, go ahead, ring the police. I'm not bothered by this. You know, I'm tired of this happening. And I'm, I'm worried that she may make my horse ill. I don't, know what, I don't know what she's giving my horse. I mean, it looks like carrots, but I don't know what it is. What if she's giving my horse other shit? I don't know. Why do I got a kind of a, like a New York accent when I live in a hamlet in England? I have no friggin' idea, all right? Just trying to keep my horse alive. That's what I'm doing. Thankfully, the courts you found in my favor because <laughs> I had concerns. <laughs> so naturally, they went to court and they put a restraining order on this crazy woman. And uh, she probably needs some sort of mental uh, assistance or at least uh, she needs to be looked at, I would say, for sure. Uh, you know, on the one hand, she beats her son with rhubarb. Uh, that's a little weird. And she just feeds some stranger's horse over and over again. She just seems like she needs some attention here. Yay! Well, I've got a lovely bunch of weird news. And you get to hear it. Oh, yeah, guys. How you doing? How was your weekend, huh? Did you get into it? You know what I'm talking about. Did you get into that? You know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about nefarious behavior, you crazy little kids. Yep, yep, yep. Well, I want to hear about your weekend escapades. Email me, funnyjones at gmail.com. Or hit me up on the gram, Instagram, at funnyjones. You can also see what I'm up to on the weekends if you give a damn. Maybe you don't give a damn. It's fine. Look, at I don't need to be involved in your life any more than this podcast, really. It doesn't have to happen. But if you wanted to... I'm very accessible. Uh, I want to give thanks to some people who really support the podcast, and they increased their pledge on uh, the Patreon. They've increased their monthly pledge. It's a monthly pledge that starts at two bucks, which I call the cup of coffee stage, basically, where you can buy me a cup of coffee a month. So uh, a couple of these supporters, longtime listeners, big time. I call them OGs. Uh, It's Paige Ross and Connie Fortune from Georgia. Yeah, yeah. these ladies have been uh, big-time supporters of the show, and I'm so grateful for them. Uh, Connie especially is very active uh, in the Patreon, uh, always commenting, always sharing, and uh, always reaching out. She's, she's wonderful. So shout-out to Connie and Paige, and I just want to let you know I appreciate that. Uh, anybody who increases their pledge also will uh, contribute to the holiday Patreon challenge for Weird AF News, which is being, uh, how shall I say, captained? captained it's being uh what's it, what's it what's it called when you lead the charge it's being le- i'll just say it's led by why do i gotta come up with fancy names i don't i shouldn't just keep it simple guys keep it simple stupid uh it's being led by michael from iowa city so yeah anyone who joins the patreon or increases their pledge um michael will uh, donate as part of the holiday patreon challenge as he did last year did a similar thing which is uh, and i'm so grateful for that uh, so if you guys would like to support the show by increasing your pledge on the Patreon, you can do that very easily. If you want to join the Patreon because you got no idea what the hell it is, very simple. Go to patreon.com slash weirdafnews or go to weirdafnews.com and click on the Patreon banner. And you can begin to support the show. And it feels good. And you know, it feels good to support the only daily weird news co- uh, podcast in existence, from my understanding. Certainly the only one hosted by a, uh, a dumbass comedian. It's a, hey, public school, baby, public school. Hey, I never thought I'd get this far in life, guys. You know the deal. Um, all right, well, that's about it. Uh, please reach out. Please be cool. And please watch your back. <laughs>